Well, we have been supporting the Lossings in our ministry, Joyce and I, for some time in our in charity before we came here and started this work. We've essentially supported them the entire history of this church. Um, I think they're one of the first ones we took on here um, in this ministry. And so it's great to have them here again. Uh, looking forward to uh, probably more of an update tonight. Huh? So looking forward to that. But it's always good to have Jim Alethea Lossing with us. I'm asking him to come and, and just minister to us as the Lord leads. I'd like us to turn to Titus 1. Paul, a bondservant of God and a, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the knowledge, acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. But it has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God, our Savior, to Titus, a true son in our common faith. And uh, it was over a year ago that uh, we heard a pastor mentioning this, then, then mentioning uh, some of the ideas, and then I added a bunch of other ideas to what I'd like to mention. He's Titus is a true son. Now, who was Titus? Titus was a Greek. At one point, um, Paul said that, now they didn't oblige him to be, uh, to be circumcised, being a Greek, and thinking of the Jews and the Gentiles, uh, the relationship between Jews and Greeks. And uh, the, the title that we'd like to think about is, How Do We Approach Other People? How do we, how do we approach others? Uh, because there are a lot of different divisions among human beings. Uh, just reading in Ephesians 2, in the time of Christ and the time of the Apostle Paul, the, the, what Paul especially is very concerned about, this division between Jews and Gentiles. And the book of Romans, one of the big themes in the book of Romans is Jews need to understand uh, the Gentiles need to accept Gentiles, Gentiles need to accept Jews and the different customs, the different ideas. And Paul mentions that a lot. In Ephesians 2, he comes to chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, 
you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus, is, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And in, in the next chapter, chapter 3, verse 6, that the Gentiles, well, yeah, which when the, the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God. Jews and Gentiles, and Christ himself dealt with that during his ministry, the Jews, we are sons of Abraham. And in, in the things that Jesus said, the, the different gospel writers uh, point out uh, many times, well, Matthew especially, he writes to the Jews, but it, it seems in particular, but then he includes so many things, showing, look, you Jews, you think you, you are the ones on top, but so many times it was the Gentiles who had more interest in the Lord. When the uh, wise men came, they came from another country to see the baby who was born. And in Jerusalem, the Jews said, uh, they thought, well, now where should Messiah be born? Well, yeah, in Bethlehem. And, and so, and so, but they, they showed no interest in going themselves. It was Gentiles. It was men from, from outside who came. Uh, in Mark 1, this is what Mark mentions. Mark, when Mark mentions um, cleansing the temple, Jesus said, this was made for, let's see if it is one. I wrote my, Mark eleven sixteen. Jesus cleaned the, cleansed the temple. He would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. He taught saying to them, is it not written, my house shall be called house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of thieves. The, the court of the Gentiles, that was a place for Gentiles to come in, but they filled it up with people buying and selling for all nations. It's a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord wanted to use the Jews to reach other nations, but some, some of them were so opposed, so uh, separated from the Jews, I mean from the Gentiles, Remember, the Lord had to really work with Peter to get him to go to Cornelius. And he had, he had this vision, and he had to repeat it three times to Peter. Don't call unclean what God has sanctified. And then he said, these men from Cornelius are here. Go with them into their house. And so Peter went there, and he entered the house of a Gentile. The Gentiles wouldn't even, I mean the Jews wouldn't even go into the house of someone who wasn't a Jew. And then Peter entered in and he started declaring the word of God. And Cornelius and his, his family and friends received the Lord just, and they received the Holy Spirit just like the Jews had before. And God has taught me that I shouldn't call anybody unclean. He went back to Jerusalem and they said, Peter, what were you doing in the house of a Gentile? And then he had to explain everything over to them again. Wow, Gentiles also, wow. So that was something new that was really hard for the Jews to get used to. 
of approaching others, accepting others, having a relationship with others. God wants to make them all one. And to think of the kinds of divisions that are in the world today, I, I think of uh, thinking especially in missions, sometimes as missionaries going to other countries, there, there are divisions, there are, there are uh, attitudes toward other people that aren't always correct. And thinking also of, of uh, Peruvians themselves, people in other countries as they relate to others. And the kinds of uh, unacceptable attitudes that we have other, to other people, the Lord wants us to change these, these attitudes. Sometimes it's hatred. Some people just hate people who are different from them. And nationalities and race, suppose, supposedly race, uh, class, individual class structure, people from different classes. How do we approach other people? How do we reach out to them? How do we contact them? And thinking of the, the nationalities that we mentioned before, the, the Jews and the Gentiles, when we, go to, when we went to Peru, we found that a lot of people, at the time we arrived, communism was, was really, socialist, communist uh, propaganda was really prominent. And uh, they were, so many people hated the United States because they were taught, we're poor because the United States took away all of our riches. It's, well, you know, the socialist government was the reason for all that, but, and it's funny because people in the United States now want to go follow that same path. But they were blaming the, the so, so some people thought, I hated Americans. One man, once man I said, I hated Americans, but it was an American who led me to the Lord. And, and some people didn't even want to, want, we were visiting and, and the Peruvian who was with me said, now in this house, you just better wait outside because the guy in there really hates Americans. And so that was an attitude that, that uh, now later on it completely changed because the attitude of Peruvians toward Americans became very positive. But, but also between Peruvians and Ecuadorians. Uh, years ago in the 40s there was a war and, and Peru gained more. They both claimed it was theirs. But between Ecuador and Peru and Ecuador for years never accepted the, the boundary lines and when we would go to, when we, when we went from Peru to Ecuador, still after all those years, uh, a young man in the church said, and, and well, we were there and, and we invited a couple of Peruvian young people to help, well, help the Ecuadorians know how to, youth groups and things like that. And so, so the, a couple of um, Peruvians came and one of the young people in, in Ecuador said, Peruvians, I don't want to have anything to do with Peruvians. And, and uh, I was out, out in the plaza and I got my shoe shined and the boy who was uh, shining the shoe, I was talking with him and said, we've, we've come from Peru. He said, Peruvians, they stole our land. And so, you know, the young man in the church said, and when, they, and when the Peruvians came there, he was hiding behind a column. He was just sort of looking around the column. But after a while, they got used to each other. We're one in the Lord and great times, great fellowship and love. People have to overcome those problems. 
Also, now Peruvians also have problems with uh, Chileans, people from Chile. And some, for some people, that's really because the southern part of Peru was lost to Chile. Here, the, they were fighting, Chile was fighting Bolivia, and, and we came along to help. And then they not only took the, Boliv the, the coastline that Bolivia had, but they took our land. And, and so some are very, well, we went, I visited once, we were visiting a church in Tacna, which is in the southern part of what is now Peru. And we were, we were there in the land that used to belong to Peru. And, and one of the young men, he was, had been in the army. And there were these, these uh, Chilean soldiers. And I was afraid he might want to try to push them off the, the, the edge of the... But no, they didn't. But they, there's a lot of things that people have to overcome. Nationalities. Uh, one thing that has been in the States is racism. Uh, years ago, I remember hearing of a church in the South who sent missionaries to Africa, and and people accepted the Lord and were grateful for the missionaries who came. And one man had the opportunity to come to the States, and he said, "I want to visit that church that sent our missionary, who has been such a blessing to the, to us." And he came to the church door, and he wasn't allowed in. And so, different attitudes that people have. When Alethea, Alethea was about nine years old when they moved from Rhode Island to Florida, and when they, they saw, in the store, there was a, uh, they saw the drinking fountain, a colored drinking fountain, drinking fountain and a white drinking fountain. And they went and tasted, the, the water was the same in both. And so, they, they didn't understand what the, what the deal was. But uh, people have, o had to, have had to overcome problems in different characteristics, racial characteristics. Now, when, when, I, when I go to Peru, people are, we, we think of Peruvians are generally the same, but no, there are people who uh, are, have, are racially prejudiced also. In the, in the Bible college, there was a poster showing the different groups, different uh, family groups in Peru uh, with, who needed the gospel and different char physical characteristics there, what, about 20 or 30 different, and pictures of them. And a couple of the students were saying, ha ha, look at you, so-and-so looks like that one up there. And, and uh, there, there, people get, people have, uh, have prejudiced ideas about certain facial characteristics. And, and so, um, so I, would, I would tell the students, now looking at all these different physical characteristics, different, different bone structure, different the way your hair is, and, and uh, characteristics of, of, uh, of one another. And, uh, and, I, and I asked them, are there any physical characteristics that are more primitive? than others. And where do you get the idea of primitive? Uh, people are so, so influenced by the idea of evolution that some, are, some groups of people are less evolved than others. But we're all, all these characteristics, characteristics of people, we're all modern. 
we're all here right now. And we all came off the ark at the same time. There's nobody who's, who's further advanced or uh, less advanced. There is, there is no evolution. Uh, but people have a hard time adjusting to that. In Peru, sometimes people will have the, uh, the desires, the young men especially, to marry someone with skin color a little bit lighter so you can improve the race. And with your, so your children will be a little bit lighter skin and we're improving the race. And we say, you don't want that light skin. We get sunburned so easy, skin cancer and all that kind of stuff. That's, and God has, God, God makes beauty, human beauty in many different forms and colors and shapes and all that. And well, ugliness too, I guess, but all different kinds of ways that God, 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 God created all these different ideas, all these different uh, ways that we are different and, and we learn to accept one another. There's persecution, especially in the Cusco area. Uh, people who have more uh, character, uh, characteristics, more of uh, Native Americans. And one of the characteristics is that some people have very little distance between their eyebrow and their hairline. And so uh, Bob Watley was telling me of some of the, some of the teachers in the schools who would, who would make fun of, of kids. Uh, one of the kids in the school, mira, ni un dedo. He doesn't even have a finger lick between the, between the hairline and the, and the eyebrow, making fun of people because of their physical characteristics. Also, for the same thing, uh, the, race, the racism or the family background. There are certain names, uh, uh, Indo, well, Native American names. Like uh, I remember hearing, hearing of someone talking to a, a new kid that came in who's obviously more Native American. And, they, and the teacher was saying, what's your name? Quispe or Waman? And, and, and uh, some people just really suffer, even in Peru, because of the different uh, physical characteristics that they have. Nothing is more primitive than another. Thinking of, also of the states again, I remember when I was uh, when recovering from my hernia surgery, there was a documentary on the, on the screen telling of in the Second World War how some of the, uh, the African-American bombers, and he said that the prejudice then was the idea, well, these people aren't really, are they really intelligent enough and to be able to, to be bombers and do all that? And these two guys that turned out to be very expert in that, wow, they changed their whole attitude. Having, being prejudiced about people and not wanting to accept and not understanding, not accepting one another in uh, California, where I lived during the Second World War. We had neighbors who, during the Second World War, because they were Japanese, their parents, they came from Japanese parents, they were put in concentration camps. And I wondered now, why them and why not put the German people who descended from Germans, why didn't they put them in the concentration camps? 
But, but anyway, there's all kinds of different kinds of ways that people show their hatred or misunderstanding or uh, condescending attitudes toward others. When we were in Ecuador, here, uh, I, was, I was actually in a, took classes in a, in a college to, get, to be able to understand things a little bit more of what, the way people were thinking. There were, there were several students who were talking, and I mentioned in the class once, well, it's very interesting here because you, sp you, uh, you, you people speak of the Spanish came and, and raped, our, raped our mothers. And, and but then at the same time, you identify with the Spanish. You're proud to be lighter skinned and all that. So you, you despise both sides of your, of your ancestry. How is this? And one of, one of the young men who was the student body president said, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> and figuring out uh, the, the attitudes that we have toward, toward one another. There are other different areas of separation in the area of class structure. I've, in the States, I never noticed too much of a difference between class structure, although uh, my sister-in-law, we just were with them in Alabama a, few, a week ago, something like that. She, she had been mentioning that of her, of her uh, grandparents, one family was, was, more, was higher classed and, and they sort of were condescending to the other side of the family. Uh, they said, you know, just poor white trash and, and, and so higher classes and lower classes and looking down on one another. And, but in Peru, I found it's like that or even worse. People will go to a great effort to try to rise to the next class level. And they're very conscious of class structure. There's um, one church, a couple of churches that we know of in Lima now, most of the people in Peru who accept the Lord, most Christians, come from the lower classes because they're the most res responsive. As the missionaries preach, these are the people who mostly accept the Lord. But some, some, people were, some missionaries were realizing, well, for us, the neglected classes, the, the upper class, are neglected. And, and people from the lower classes really can't reach them the only ones who can reach them would be Americans coming from another, from another country. And so, so uh, some, one of them uh, especially mentioned, well, I want to try to reach the other upper class people. And when they come to know the Lord, they can be able to, to help others. And so he said, I joined the country club so I could associate with these people. And so uh, uh, attitudes trying to reach people from another class and so in, in, uh, in Lima, there was a missionary who was working with upper classes and, and they, were, they accepted the Lord, they became believers. And one of the other churches in the Lima area was a church where people were pretty much in the middle class, maybe even a little bit high in the middle class area. And uh, the pastor of that church talked to the other pastor and said, do you think our churches could, to could get together sometime and do something to get together? And, the missionary said, I don't think they're ready yet. They weren't ready to associate with somebody of a little lower class. Uh, James says something like that. 
Let's go to James chapter 2. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit here at my footstool, have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? But if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. So he speaks of this area, this class area, and we, we see a lot of that in Peru. Some, you have to, you, one of the big things is prestige. You have to gain prestige. And well, actually, in many cases, people are really poor, and sometimes they're poor because the father goes to work, but then he drinks uh, all the money away, becomes drunk. And in some families, because of the gospel, people are in a much better economic situation. They don't waste all their money in the, in the, the booze. So they, so they become, they, they, they can buy a few more things for their house and their things seem to get a little bit better. And in some cases, people after the Lord has brought them into a place where things can be a little bit better, then, but then they want to rise and rise and then they forget about coming to church. And just this draw of the social, of social status, in some cases took away from their, from their, relationship with the Lord, they were saved by the gospel and then sort of abandoned it going on. And it happens in the States too, but uh, sometimes the parents would say to their kids, you don't want to study in the Bible college. You, don't, you won't get any money as a pastor. And, and so, so, so many of the students have had to contend with that kind of attitude. We want to serve the Lord. We want to do work with him. Class structure. And, and another thing that happens, sometimes when people rise in class structure, they now have a condescending attitude toward others. I remember a, a mission work that was going on, and the, the Peruvians in charge, it, it just seemed to me they had the attitude of, we are the upper class now. And we're, we're, they're condescending to you guys. And so that was, that was their attitude. And uh, so, so conscious of class structure and, and despising people who are lower and esteeming people who are higher. When we were in Ecuador again, we were uh, trying to rent a house. And one place we went to, the, uh, the man of the house as we were, they were introducing in the man of the house and said, what is your apellido? What is your last name? And he didn't know if he wanted to be friendly to us or not. And his wife said, but they're Americans. So if, if you have, a, there were certain last names that, that are high, higher class, 
And interesting, in, in Cuenca, one of, the, one of the esteemed last names is Malo. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Jaramillo was a, an esteemed last name. And when I was in Bernalillo, Jaramillo was, was a family that wasn't very high in class. But anyway, uh, by your last name and by your uh, different characteristics. And so when he realized we were Americans, oh, yeah, okay, our last name are, are uh, European. Oh, okay. But, uh, but class structures, divisions in people's lives. And, Christ, and the Lord says all these things need to be, this changes. In, uh, Mark, in, no, in Galatians 3, Galatians 3, verse 26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The Jews would say, we're sons of Abraham. And in the book of Romans, God, uh, Paul spends a whole chapter saying, okay, you're, we're sons of Abraham. Okay, now what about Abraham? Abraham believed in the Lord. It was counted him for faith. Now, everyone who has the same kind of faith that Abraham did is also a son of Abraham. So all these Gentiles who believe in the Lord are sons of Abraham. And, and Jesus had said, remember that when in the, in the end days there will be people coming from all the other nations sitting down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and you guys are going to be on the outside because you don't accept the Lord. In uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 11. Verse 10. You've put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And again, we are together. There's no division. One of the things that, that I didn't really realize until after being in Peru for a while one of the, related to the divisions of class, but at least at that time, a lot of the people lived with a feudalistic uh, attitude because in Peru there were big landowners and uh, most of the people were peons or serfs and some people still carried that idea, the peon and the, the master. Now if you're one, you're one of the peons, you, uh, you, tr you go to the master, and yes, master, yes, master, and you're given a job, and you have um, you certain responsibilities, and he takes care of your needs. And so the peons to his face would say, oh, yes, yes, yes. But then behind his back, gossip and ridicule and caring about you, but you'd never communicate that to the master. And so many missionaries never realized that when they came to the country, that they're ministering in, that they were considered as a master and uh, the great white father or whatever. And, and 
and that really, and some people really, well, some people didn't catch on, and maybe some enjoyed it, but others realized this, if we can't really have a, a, a true kind of relationship. One man, a missionary in Haiti said, I don't, it's all, all I, they just consider me as a banker. They only come to me to loan, to borrow and to pay back money. And I can't have any real kind of relationship with them. Uh, another man who had been in Africa was telling me of, the, of this attitude you know, to the, you know, you, the, here's the American. And so, of course, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, all this. And he was telling of a, of a case. They have their Bible school. And young men would study the word of God and graduate and become the pastor of a church. And while the missionary was there, everything seemed to be good. The young man was there uh, preaching and all that. And other people were, uh, were participating. Well, the missionary leaves and the older men in the church says, get down on the ground, in, symbolically. Because in that culture, the old authority is with age. And this young whippersnapper up here, as soon as, as, as soon as the missionary left, he had to grovel all the time in the, in the church. But the missionary didn't know that was going on. They went, nobody could, would communicate it with him because he was, they considered him as a, in that higher master class and they, there, no, there wasn't any real communication. There wasn't any understanding of what was really happening. And, and, for some, and some people have had to wrestle with that kind of, of attitude, that kind of situation. In, in Peru, I realized that some people had that, that kind of attitude. Uh, yes, pastor, yes, pastor. But then, but they would never confront. They would never, everything was yes. But then behind the back, what was he doing that for and all that? And grumbling and, and things like that going on. <clears throat> I said, I want people to treat me I want to be on an equal level with others. I want to be able to, to know if I'm doing something wrong, somebody will tell me. And, and communicate, communicate uh, as brothers, as, as equals. And it seems like there's less of that now in Peru than there was before. But, but uh, just having, having that kind of attitude and, oh, pastor, pastor this, but then treating other people just like in, in James, uh, the, the, the way they treat the rich, rich and the poor. And so, so just trying to, uh, let's, we are one in Christ. And uh, in, in the relationships with, um, with people, I, I was in a situation where the, the Peruvian, uh, and some, when people try to be respectful, sometimes it's because of age or whatever, uh, if you're a little bit older. But, but it, I, I, was doing, I was saying some things that, that were incorrect, that were not right. And so the Peruvian said, he, he, well, I, I could, should say, I say bald out, but it really wasn't bald out. He was just politely saying, you shouldn't have said that. You and he was... He was talking to me, and I realized, wow, this is great. Uh, he's correcting me, and he's not being, he's not, 
he's not acting like a peon, he's treating me like an equal. So I really realized, boy, that is really a privilege. I'm really, he's, he's pointing out my faults and, and it's things that I needed to hear. And so I went and apologized and, and all that. And, and relationships become more genuine, genuine, more real. There's more of that now in Peru. That's the, between the Peruvians and the, and the, uh, the Americans, there's, there's more of that, equ that equality and that, that, I, that idea that we're all serving the Lord together. Uh, before it was, if the missionary said this, well, we can't do anything different. But now, well, no, yeah, it's not necessarily good, not uh, the other, the other uh, attitude. And so one of the things, too, that happened in Peru, there, at Christmas time, there's the, the, uh, the practice of a Christmas basket. Uh, uh, in the pastor of the church, you'd give a Christmas basket. And if somebody worked for you, uh, or, the, and the, um, or the, the security guard, uh, you'd give Christmas baskets to people. And in some cases, uh, and people who maybe weren't as wealthy and, and all of that. But usually when they gave Christmas baskets uh, and give them to the pastors, it'd be just the Peruvians. And I, would, I really appreciated it when one, one man who, in business who had, uh, had done really well in business and he wanted to give Christmas baskets to all the, the pastors in the Trujillo area. And so they, they got the basket ready and they, they gave it not only to the Peruvians, but to the Americans also. Wow, they're treating us like equals. I was so happy to receive the Christmas basket because it indicated that, that we're not in a higher class way up there, but we're, we're all one, we're all equal in the Lord. And, and so th things like that, th things like that are things that, that we, we deal with as we go to other uh, cultures, things we, we realize in ourselves, prejudices that could be there, uh, attitudes, wrong attitudes that you have to somebody of another, of different situations, different nationalities, different races, different class levels. Like in the, in the time of the Bible, they had to, had to uh, deal with that kind of thing. And so we, we, do, we deal with that now. But then also seeing the Peruvians, wait a minute, you people have problems too. It's just not the Americans who have these. Look at you as you relate to one another. Uh, we are one in Christ. And we are, can be on the same level. And we can receive and we can give. And you can, you can help correct someone. And you don't have to just because of his position. Just let him go on sinning. But you can, you can actually help out as we can serve one another and serve the Lord. So just some of the things. How do we approach other people? And how do we, how do we relate? And how do we deal with our own prejudices and problems? And how do we help other people overcome them? So we're, we're, we're thankful that we're able to be in Peru serving the Lord there, and thank you for this time.